Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, where today, if you join us from wherever you're at, you're missing a show already where I have been getting absolutely hammered not just for sports takes or not at all for my sports takes today as we've covered a gamut of everything no for my top five movies of the 80s which Pierno basically showed everybody that he has he is his own Sundance Film Festival and I am basically just everyday trash and with that we say goodbye to Pierno and we'll welcome in the great Ryan Hickey hello Hickey that's a hell of an intro what's up Ken me, Michael says Anthony's list is an analysis was fantastic. Paul Rainwater says Ken Roadhouse really Ken. <laughs> King Brett said something nasty about Pierno in response to me. I thank you very much, King Brett, but I actually do like Anthony Pierno. Yeah, so what? My top five movies of the '80s are Trading Places, Coming to America, Top Guns in that mix somewhere, but I couldn't put them in the top five. Uncle Buck, Breakfast Club, and Roadhouse. All right, yo, yo, I like to laugh. All right? I like to laugh. I put Hoosiers out of that mix. Hoosiers is in a different category. Scarface is in a different category, okay? That's what's in that mix. I got nothing against the artsy movies that he picked. And by the way, Breakfast Club was in Pierno's mix too. So I don't want to hear any of that other stuff. Damn it. Just didn't realize it was going to go my way. Usually it's the other way around. This sucks. It sucks to take this heat. I've seen all the good movies. I've seen all the the big artistic movies. You name it, I've seen it. I've gone out of my way. But I've watched them once, and I don't know if I put them as the most enjoyable movies ever. I've seen them all. Hickey, you name it, I've seen it. At least the big historic ones. I've seen them once. But these are just, gosh, Breakfast Club. Anytime Breakfast Club is on, ah, it's just like a warm blanket. Nothing better. Ah, smoke up, Johnny boy. Like, it's just, ah, it speaks to you, doesn't it? Because we all had kids in high school like that. The same thing with Roadhouse. My life is not like Roadhouse. My life is not like Dalton's. Dalton's life is completely unrealistic. Bigfoot makes a cameo in that movie. Dalton reaches in and rips somebody's heart out. I have stayed home from college classes to watch Roadhouse back in the day. This is before streaming services. I stayed home to watch Roadhouse on cable, on Spike TV. That's how much I like Roadhouse, Hickey. 
It's a great movie, okay? Terry Funk in anything is going to get me to watch. Sam Elliott in anything is going to get me to watch. I'm sorry. I didn't watch Chocolat and adore it every single time I watched it. I apologize, okay? I apologize to America. I thought that it, listen, they're good movies, but that's it. Flashdance didn't speak to me. It just didn't go that way. They're good movies. I saw Silverado once. Hickey, you got nothing on this, do you? No, I was talking to AP in the break. Breakfast Club for me is number one. He was a big hater. I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah. What do you mean he's a big hater? He put it in his top five. He was. I mean, if you could talk bad about a movie in the top five as much as AP just did in this two minutes, uh, he did it. He like, was I like, not talk bad about it. I, have I it can hear him. I can five. hear him yelling in the background. Tell him to put on his mask and get the hell out of the studio. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I like Dead Poet Society as much as the next guy. I can't watch it that much. In, in all sincerity, the the scene with Neil and Red Foreman it makes me cry. It's awful. It is absolutely awful. Like I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. I've seen that movie like three times, and I have to. I cannot watch that that part of the movie. It's awful. It's a great movie. It's a masterpiece. Robin Williams, it's a masterpiece. But no, I, I like to laugh. I like good good memories, nostalgia. Uncle Buck, John Candy, folks, that's shooting fish in a barrel with me. 855-2124-CBS. I brought this up at the beginning of the show, and I'll bring it up again, even though I might be going into work or shoot if I talk NBA here. There's a couple of things that have been brought to the national spotlight. One, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has taken over. Today is a coronation for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has taken over as the leader of the Houston Texans. Before, he walked into a situation where he had a decent coach, he had a good defense, he had good leaders on defense, and I put J.J. Watt into this conversation because I think J.J. Watt is one of three guys that I can name off the top of my head who, as a defensive player, was a leader of the franchise. Reggie White, the other one, Ray Lewis, the other one. Now, two of the three have not had the same past as the one. I get that. But they were looked at highly in their franchises by not just the franchise, their teammates, the fan base as well. They were beloved in their cities. And they make it an easier situation. When you have good leadership on a football team, you make it an easier situation for a young quarterback to go into. And Deshaun Watson's the reason why. He is the exact reason why I abhor tanking. I abhor it. It's not that I just don't like it. I loathe it. I abhor it. I don't want it anywhere near my favorite teams. I don't want it, certainly not in the NFL. Texans didn't tank for anything. They got Deshaun Watson. By this time next year, when I do my when I do my quarterback tiers, I'm pretty positive I'm going to put Deshaun Watson in elite. I think that he will take that team to the next level. He's taken over the scepter as the leader of that football team. He'll probably take that team into a playoff run. And now, remember, because of what we're dealing with, he will have even more leadership thrust upon him. I was going to do my quarterback pressure scores. I'm going to have to change Deshaun's in real time later on. He just means that much more. I'll bring it up with Evan Silva today at 1240. This is a huge moment for him. This is a huge moment for the, for the Houston Texans. To have a quarterback that you took 12th overall, that works. I come from a situation that tanked it out. Miles Garrett has been a great player. No matter what you want to say about Miles, 
Miles has been a great player and worth the $125 million that they paid him. But they did prove that they could go 0-16 with Miles Garrett on that team. They proved that they can go 6-10 with Miles Garrett on that team. When you're looking for a quarterback, and I see Houston didn't tank for anything. Kansas City who just won the Super Bowl. They didn't tank for, for Patrick Mahomes. The Jets, they tanked for Sam Darnold. The Jets are still a mess. The Browns tanked for Baker Mayfield. Well, not much more I can say. 855-2124-CBS. That's why when I see what the Jaguars are doing, I go, you didn't learn from the last time when you tanked it out and you, you took a quarterback I can't even think off the top of my head, Blake Bortles? I mean, yeah, you did get to an AFC championship game and then you were gone. Gone. Meanwhile, these last teams that I talk about who've won a Super Bowl, Kansas City didn't tank for anybody. New England, we know that story. Philadelphia, they traded up for Carson Wentz. They did not tank for Carson Wentz. Denver, they traded for Peyton Manning. I had people, when I said this earlier online this week, they wanted to throw the Rams in my face. They traded up for Goff. They wanted to throw the 49ers in my face. No, they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo and half of you people who talk about Jimmy Garoppolo want Jimmy Garoppolo removed. That's not a tanking football team. I even had somebody bring up the 1969 Pittsburgh Steelers, the first year with Chuck Knoll. I went year after year before that, looked up the history. 68, they were 2-11-1. 67, 4-9-1. 66, 5-8-1. 65, they were 2-12. A team is 13-40-3. You can't tank a team that's already terrible. They're just bad. He took over a bad team put together a good football team, got himself a good quarterback, went off and won four Super Bowls. Did it the right way. You don't need to tank. And when you go out and you tank, you do things that are really irresponsible for your franchise. Because then you make every move, you put more pressure on every move, it has to be perfect. Because if you have that many young guys, you have to hit on every single draft choice. Every single one. And even when you do hit on every single one, these are good football players. The Jacksonville Jaguars have taken good football players over the last five years. Yannick Ngakwe was a third-round pick. That's a good draft choice. Dante Fowler, if he could stay healthy, that's a good draft choice. Leonard Fournette will be a good running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took him fourth, though. You just have to be perfect in every single category when you rip away that much play, that that much experience, that much talent from your roster to, to quote-unquote tear it down to the studs. Houston can make mistakes and has made mistakes. They've put Deshaun Watson in bad situations, and his talent has taken them to the next level, and he was rewarded for it today, and he'll probably be rewarded for it in another four years. Mahomes, next level. Lamar Jackson, so far so good. Next level. Baltimore's not a perfect team. They started out very rough on defense last year. Lamar Jackson, a good coaching staff that's been around for a while, they were able to take care of that business. Hell, I look at my own division. When I talk about tanking teams, my team went 6-10 and 10 last year. Another team with a good front office, and they argue it a little bit. Kevin Colbert's a good general manager. A good head coach who proved it last year, even though some people wanted him fired in that city. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. They had Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I wouldn't trust Mason Rudolph to take out my garbage, let alone be my quarterback. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. You put that much pressure on your franchise when you tank. I can't stand that theory.
855-212-4CBS. Another thought that got brought up today was, and, and I got to bring up the NBA, and I know we got worker shoot coming up, and I'm afraid I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna kill one of Hickey's things. I'm sorry. What we're seeing with the Bucks and Heat, a 3-0 Heat lead. I'll make this quick. A 3-0 Heat lead. We're already wondering. We've been that be- before, even last year when the story came out with Malika Andrews, who wrote it from ESPN, before Giannis even walked off the floor. And I know that's not her fault. That's a plant. I get it. Totally get it. But if we're wondering 2021 already, already, for Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're down 3-0 in this series. One, the Heat are a team that has switched from the evil empire where guys go to play together, where they leave their teams to go to play together, to one of the teams where if you like team basketball, you're watching that team, you're liking that team. I don't get the same thing with the with the Milwaukee Bucks. Spolstra's proving to be a good coach, and now we might be we might be framing this, and I don't want to go off on the tangent just yet. Where bubble basketball has taken it to a different level. Paul George said two weeks ago he's he's dealing with depression. He's dealt with depression. He's dealt with some of the the, the anxiety of being away from the family, being in a enclosed environment, not liking it. We're seeing bubble basketball help some guys. James Harden, he says in that clip that Marco Belletti played back at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, Marco Belletti played the clip. James Harden says it's easy for him to tune everybody out, to tune out the media, to tune out all the news, to tune everything out, to just stay right there in that bubble, and he has played great basketball. I don't know if I can say for certain yet, but a 3-0 heat lead? I think we're starting to point it that way. 855-2124-CBS. Do I have calls on, on, on movies here? Holy Toledo. Let's go. Eric in Hawaii. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. I didn't think we were going to go this way. Eric, you're next up. Go right on ahead. And one, Thanks, Ken. One glaring and egregious omission from either one of your lists. Okay. I got three future Oscar winners. I got Phoebe Cates going bikini top poolside. You got Stu Nahan making a cameo with Wide World of Sports. How can you not even talk about Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Now, hold That's on. That's all I hold got, on. Ken. Now, uh, Eric, thank you very much for the call. Let me say this right now. Hold on. Is just because they're Oscar winners in the future doesn't mean the movie's great now. Sylvester Stallone was in a skin flick once. That doesn't mean that The Italian Stallion was a great movie. Hickey, do you get what I'm pointing out here? Yes, I like that now, I like that comparison. Thank you. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is a good movie. I'm not taking anything away from it. But just because you win in the future doesn't mean that you look back and that movie's great. Yes, I know Ben Affleck's an Oscar winner. That doesn't make Gigli any better, folks. But Fast Times at Ridgemont High is good. Just that shouldn't be the argument. Jim in South Carolina, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Uh, yeah, um... You're forgetting probably the greatest movie in history, which is Blues Brothers. Is that the 80s? I thought that was 79. 1980. Are you kidding? Damn it. All right, Jim, kidding. thank you very much. Now i got to change my list. I thought it was 79. It is 1980. Jim in South Carolina is right. Well, to hell with my list now. All right, Blues Brothers, Roadhouse, Breakfast Club, Uncle Buck, coming to America, trading places is out of the top five. Blues Brothers goes right to number one. 
It is a two-hour. It's what? It's almost probably two and a half hours. It is a two and a half hour total nonstop action thrill ride. The cameos, the music, the singing, the whole thing. It's a perfect movie. It is one of the most perfect movies out there. My late great uncle Jack loved that movie. We watched it all the time together. I don't know. We could probably do a top five of the best musical numbers that they do. It would probably be, I'm guessing, Ray's Music Exchange, Aretha Franklin, maybe Sweet Home Chicago. No. When they do the theme song or the theme song to um, Rawhide at Bob's Country Bunker, that's probably number three. Then I think probably when or when John Candy or, orders the orange whip for everybody, and then you kind of go down the line. Probably the end when they do the uh, the the end part there at the jailhouse. That's it. Have you ever seen that movie, Hickey? Um, no. Son, son, you have to watch that movie. Do we still have Scott in Georgia? Scott in Georgia, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, Glad to have two you. Two quick movies. What about Beverly? Vacation, and where does Josh Rosen land? I'm looking at. Um, you broke up You're breaking up a little bit there. I I did hear the question. So, Beverly, gosh, Beverly Hills Cop. I forgot about Beverly Hills Cop. All right, Scott. Now I have to reevaluate that. Beverly Hills Cop might be in my top five. My son is named Axel for crying out loud. I think Axel Foley doesn't have the E in the middle of it, does he? Hickey, real quick, Axel Foley, he does have the E in it. Uh, now i got to redo the whole thing. And where will Josh Rosen land? Did he say t- – I'm, I'm sorry, Hickey, did, did you hear Tampa Bay? I thought he might have said Tampa Bay. I don't think he had a destination. I think he was just asking. I didn't okay. hear a, a destination. Boy, I, I have no clue. I It feels like the world's given up on that young man. It, it, there is – he might be – one of, listen, you're either good or you're you're not, and he might not be very good, but he might be one of the examples of paralysis by analysis pre-draft because we kept saying everything we could. The the inflatable hot tub in his dorm room at UCLA, how his parents are both very well-to-do, and he grew up playing tennis for whatever reason. That dropped him a little bit. I don't think he was put in a very good position at all. I was very hard on Steve Kime about that, very hard on Steve Wilkes. About, I actually wanted to give Steve Wilkes a bit of a pass about that, uh, but very hard on Steve Kime about that. Couldn't believe he kept his job there. And then, yeah, they, they basically, for that year, I don't think they were tanking, but they were certainly bad enough to be able to go out and hire Cliff Kingsbury and then hire and then draft Kyler Murray. And then him being got for a second-round pick and then being dumped just a year later – I don't know where his best landing spot is. I'd like to see him. If he just mentioned Tampa, and I don't know if the caller just did, I, I would love to see him in a place where he could just sit and learn for a second and maybe catch his breath. It's been a whirlwind three years for that young man. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. All right, we'll try to get to some of the calls. We'll try to get to work or shoot a little bit later on because we have Evan Silva and I want to get to these people. So if you're on hold, stay there. We'll do the quarterback thing, and eventually we'll get to the quarterback pressure scores for 2020. It's loaded today. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Evan Silva coming up in less than 20 minutes. We found the name of the movie. I was drawing a blank. The movie that Sylvester Stallone was in was called The Party at Kitty and Studs. Listen, if you name your son Stud, you got a bit of a problem there, okay? Kitty, Kitty's a normal name. Stud, 
The film deals with the sex life of a young New York City woman, Kitty, and her boyfriend, Stud. Stud is a brutal and oafish person, but Kitty's enamored with his sexual performance. And then they go into this whole thing. Budget of $5,000. Imagine being Sylvester Stallone. I made Rocky. I made it. I'm one of the biggest actors out there. Philadelphia is erecting a, a great big statue of me, even though I'm technically playing a fictitious person. I got our real city putting up a statue of me, and I'm a fictitious person. Oh, wait, the the softcore skin flick I was in back in 1970s remarketing it. Talk about your past haunting you. Poor Sylvester Stallone. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I can't believe they're in like Franklin in Georgia. Go ahead. Let's get to Franklin in Georgia. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, how you guys doing? Horrible, Franklin. No, I'm actually doing pretty well. Go right on ahead. Hey, um, I got a couple of movies for you. Um, okay. First of all, how can you have a top five 80s movies without having a slasher film in there? You know the horror movies were great back in the 80s, especially like um, Nightmare on Elm Street. That has to be up there. Or you can pick one of the Friday the 13th movies. And I then think, for- you know, Franklin, let me say something real quick. Let me say something real quick. I'll mm-hmm. let you finish. Are you one of those people that can watch a scary movie and go right to bed? Are you um, one of those? Now, well, 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 now I can. I mean, back when they came out in the 80s, um, oh, I was even up. Now, even now, I can't go to bed after a scary movie. I, the, the scary movies like Halloween. I like Halloween. I like The Exorcist. I like a couple of other ones, and that's it. Like, if if you think I'm watching Sleepaway Camp again, there's not a chance in hell, Franklin. That's never happening again. I watched it one time, and it was disturbing enough once. I can't do it again. Go ahead with what you were going to say. Oh, I was going to say, like, for my for my second movie, I mean, I know you got all this uh, CGI stuff now, but Transformers, the movie, really took it back in the 80s. I mean, it's better than any Transformers movie that came out recently. Oh, Trust goodness. me, if you was a kid growing up in the 80s collecting Transformers, that was the movie for you. All right, all right. Frank, and, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I would say uh, honorable mention would be DC Cab. DC Cab? Yes. All right. Now that, I got to write that down. That I got to see funny. it. Okay. I got to write it down and I got to see it. Franklin, thank you very much for the call. DC Cab. Okay. Todd in Knoxville. Todd, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. All right. Two movies for you. What about The Great Outdoors and Harlem Nights? The, the, okay. For, I didn't hear the second one. What's the second one? Uh, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights is good. It wasn't on my honorable mention. Great Outdoors was on my honorable mention. Again, I, I will always have a soft spot for John Candy. Harlem Nights is a good movie. And uh, by the way, Todd, thank you very much for the call. Those I would say probably both on honorable mention right there. Brian, South Carolina. we got to go quick. Brian, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. All right. Uh, the Fletch movies, Fletch and Fletch Lives, both <laughs> 80s movies. Vacation with Chevy Chase and Days of Thunder. Oh my God! Days of, Thund- Days of Thunder was—I thought Days of Thunder was 1990. I don't know. I thought it was 80. Days of Thunder was, was 1990. Days of Thunder was 1990. Filmed in the 80s, but it got finished up and it came out in the 90s because it came out on my birthday. That's right. Thank you very much for the call, Brian. So no, Days of Thunders is a, Days of Thunder is a 90s movie. Robert Duvall, how he can go from Tom Hagen to Harry Hyde is incredible, or Harry Hogg in that movie. Harry Hyde's an actual person. Harry Hogg in the movie is incredible. What range Robert Duvall has? 
Days of Thunder is one of my all-time favorite movies, released on my birthday, June 27th, 1990. Boom. Let me try to get the Cool Ray in Ohio. Back on track with quarterbacks. Cool Ray, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, listen, I got to throw one movie off for you before I hit my real tape. Man, you got to say The Lost Boys. You just got to do The Lost the Lost Boys, man. But, <laughs> but I don't, my, you know what? I'm going to say two things. Going back to the last call from Brian Cool Ray and going back to that one, I'm not a big fan of Lost Boys, and I got to admit, I like Christmas Vacation. I'm fine with European Vacation. National Lampoon's Vacation is not. There's a part, the grandmother in that movie. She's just. I. I don't. I wish she was not in the movie. I hate her guts. I hate grandma's guts. Now let's get back on track about these quarterbacks. I think because you Go know ahead. we from we from Ohio, so we watch the Browns do a lot of stupid things with and especially picking quarterbacks. I think when it comes to the Browns or teams that tank, I think yeah. they go. I think they use more of the hype train. Than actually doing their research because that's yep. the only way it makes sense that you know you like look at Lamar Jackson. If you actually go back and look at that that the draft, they didn't even they didn't even premiere Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. You know, well, well, you're right. You're right. I think there were people, and Bill Polian denies it, but Bill Polian did it. I don't care what anybody says. Bill Polian was one of the people saying he should be a wide receiver. Right. But when they draft when they drafted Baker Mayfield. I do know this. He was number one because I thought you're going to take a classic quarterback. You're going to take. You're going to end up taking Sam Darnold. When they did, they brought up all the pro football focus numbers. They brought all the analytics with them when they drafted Baker Mayfield to back that one up. But here it is. But if you look at it, it was more hype about Baker. And I think this is this is not just Baker, but this is hmm. if you look at all the quarterbacks who who's come out early or not come out early, but got drafted high. They flopped it because it's more hype around it from Tim Couch all the way down to where you saying, well, you know, look at Patrick Mahomes. He was trapped this late. And this guy, you got, you got, look at Tom Brady. You know, he wasn't even looked at because of his, but not his ability. So my thing is, I think most of these teams or all these NFL teams should actually do away with their scout teams as they are now constructed and yeah. have people actually go in there because I think you have better play. Well, I, I think you're right. I think they have better. I, I think they have better coaching staffs around them. I, you you bring up John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh's been there for a decade now. If I go back to that draft, let me go right off the top of my head here. Baker Mayfield was taken number one overall. Baker Mayfield's played for three different head coaches. I believe Sam Darnold's played for two separate head coaches, one in Todd Bowles right. and and one with currently Adam Gase. The third right. quarterback taken in there was Josh Rosen. He's already been moved. Josh Allen has played for a guy who just got a six-year contract extension, and the other one's John Harbaugh. So you're seeing teams, when they have better staffs, that they're able to keep those QBs. And think about this. J- Jared Goff. A lot of people don't like Jared Goff. Jared Goff got a contract and played in a Super Bowl. They traded up for that guy. Philadelphia, people still like Carson Wentz. There's some fight there, but they have a good staff, and they traded up for him. The the same Patrick Mahomes was traded up for. These teams that tank this thing out and you rip the thing down to the studs, quote-unquote, you don't have a support staff to put around these guys. And some of these teams that go all the way down, Cool Ray, you're right about this, and I got to run, and I thank you very much for the call. They almost put too much stock into that quarterback because then they have to make these moves, and these guys have to become leaders too soon. I mean, Sam Darnold's the only thing they got going out there. They've invested how much money into Love Bell? Love Bell is a pointless running back for them. They're not good enough. They got rid of Jamal Adams. They got nothing else. Adam Gase is looking at everybody else except for Sam Darnold. That's why I was critical of the Jamal Adams trade. You can't try to work something like this out. Because you got those two great draft picks out of it. Great. Now, I hope you'll use one of them to probably take another quarterback. 
Because I'm worried about Sam Darnold's future there. Definitely worried. You need help across the offensive line. You've tried to address that. I, I know they've tried to do some other things that are there. The the C.J. Mosley opting out, that, that came out of nowhere. I'll grant you that one. James Burgess, you just cut him. So you're a team that's very much in the state of flux. And when Robbie Anderson's your number one and you got a really young quarterback, that's difficult, man. That, that's the best I can say. But I can't base anything off of the Browns, the Jaguars, the Jets, the Raiders. It, it seems to be that same old, same old. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Evan Silva. We won't have a lot of time with him, but i got to talk with Evan Silva. I love the guy. Establishtherun.com. We'll talk a little bit of what's coming up in 2020 and some of these fantasy questions that you have because he was doing victory lap after victory lap over Leonard Fournette over the early parts of this week. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's sponsored by Geico. Did you know, I bet you didn't, did you know that right now, Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit geico.com to learn more. Coming up here in about, I'll say, 40 minutes. We'll try it in 40 minutes. Work or shoot. Hickey does a lot of work for it. Are you going to ask me about Steve Nash and work or shoot? I wasn't planning on it, but I can if you want. Top of the hour, my thoughts on Steve Nash. That's coming. Right now, we got to go to the hotline. We welcome in one of my favorite guests, and I mean this sincerely. He's a good guy. He is the curator of EstablishTheRun.com. Visit that website. It's a great website. They're great people. He's at Evan Silva on Twitter. He's Evan Silva. Evan, hello, friend. Ben Carmen, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. Have you stopped doing your victory laps over Leonard Fournette getting cut now that he's been picked up by Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to take too many. It's, it's a fantasy football victory lap. It's yes, not of course. Celebrating a dude getting cut. I mean, I should he, say he that. Came yes. out, <laughs> yeah, and he and he came out on uh, a positive end. I mean, this is this is an opportunity for him to really uh, resuscitate his career. I think in Tampa Bay, it's a really good situation. I think the defense is going to be really good, really really good, like a top five unit. Uh, if you look at the way that they progressed. Last year in Todd Bowles' first season, over the final six weeks or so of the year, they were excellent. I think that's going to help contribute to a lot of positive game scripts, like rushing-friendly game scripts for Leonard Fournette, um, you know, who, who got by on volume last year in Jacksonville, but now I think he, but only scored three touchdowns. I mean, I think he's, he's going to have a chance to score like ten touchdowns now mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. So I, I still, I still think he could be somewhat productive in fantasy football, and he can get his career back on track. You know, in in what they do in terms of trying to find a trade partner, and you have 1,100-yard running back, they couldn't get any picks out of Leonard Fournette. Now, I know he's banged up, right. and I know at times he's, he's, he's squabbled with, with Tom um, – he's, he's squabbled Tom with Coughlin. the general manager, Tom Coughlin. He's squabbled, yep. squabbled with the team president, Tom Coughlin. Um, but, man, this is – this is weird. You can't get any value out of this. I mean, how much devalued has the running back position been over the last five, and I'll even wonder, even ten years here? I think that Leonard Fournette, if he would have been a running back in, let's say, the 1985 through 1995 NFL, would have been more successful than he is in today's game. And I know he caught a bunch of passes last year. It was just a bunch of checkdowns when, you know, the Jaguars were playing from behind and, 
you know, Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles or, or whoever was out there was, was checking down to him. But he's really not a natural receiving back. And I, I think that in today's game, you know, the, the, the value of the passing game has, has just really overtaken the value of the rushing game. And, um, and he's a guy that you need to give the ball really for him to find a rhythm. You need to give him 20 carries, uh, you know, may, maybe even 25 carries to really get him rolling. And, um, you know, that's, that's just not, you know, that, that's not the, the, the best way to play in, in today's NFL. Evan Silva joining us on the show. Well, there's always been the longtime standard in the draft, and I know we're way away yeah. from a draft again, but let me ask you this, where it's always best player available, best player available. And I just go, well, that's unless you got a quarterback, but, you know, okay, we'll talk right. about it. Well, he was drafted number four overall. And you see Zeke Elliott, and he was drafted in the top five, and Christian McCaffrey was drafted in the top ten, and those guys have been paid, but they don't really play for great football teams. Would you make yeah. an argument, Evan, and say, hey, it's best player available unless it's a running back, then maybe you would go for a pass rusher who might be right behind him or something like that? Yeah, it should be best player available adjusted for positional value or maybe, you know, most valuable player left. Um, instead of just best player available. Um, I, you know, I think it's interesting going back and, and looking at the Jaguars' decision-making. They, they passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to draft Leonard Fournette because of Blake Bortles. And, I mean, that just looks so, so poor in hindsight now. Blake Bortles isn't even in the league. Leonard Fournette was out of the league for a minute there. And, you know, had to settle for a one-year, $2 million deal. Just, it's amazing that Dave Caldwell is still the Jaguars' general manager. Through all of it, too. Yeah, Evan Silva with us on the show. All right, what do you think of Deshaun Watson's contract? Nice contract, 177 and a half. Probably get paid again in four years. Your thoughts? Just, just happy for him. You know, I, I, and I'm glad that they were able to get that done uh, because he is has been, you know, quickly emerged as one of the – most fun players in the league to watch. He's great for the league. He seems like a, a great actual dude in real life. And, um, I mean, he's, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to compete for the league MVP every single year going forward. He's also a guy who's come back from two torn ACLs. He tore uh, his ACL at Clemson. He tore his ACL uh, what in, in his, um, uh, to end his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, one of the easiest guys in the NFL to root for. Evan Silva joining us on the show. Of those young quarterbacks, I know he was taken in the 2017 draft. You have the 2018 draft. Uh, and, and Baker and Darnold were taken to the top. Rosen seems to be looking for a new place. And then you have Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, one guy who's doing very, very well, the other guy who's doing pretty decently well. Are there quarterbacks out of this still young group that you really worry about, Evan? I mean, if you're just talking about those guys, I mean, look, this is a big year for Baker. You know, it, it really is. I, I, I like everything that we're hearing. I like the way that the Browns have built their offense. I think they built their offense around Baker Mayfield with the emphasis on play action, with the emphasis on because he has been so much better uh, you know, throwing off play action than uh, without it. And uh, placing an emphasis on just, Becoming a, a, a more physical football team, and um, you know, I think one of the, the biggest 
uh, areas in which John Dorsey failed was building the offensive line. And if you look at what the Browns did uh, in free agency in the draft, their biggest move in the draft was an offensive tackle in Jedrick Wills, and their biggest move in free agency was an offensive tackle in Jack Conklin. Um, and they're, they're going to be a, a physical football team. They've got two great backs. I think they've got a, you know, a, 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 a strong offensive line now, or a, a strong offensive line nucleus. Um, and I, I think that they are, and, and I, I think they're position, positioning him to succeed. But after we saw how much he took a step back in year two, um, I mean, he's got a lot to prove now. He's got a lot to prove. What about Sam Darnold? He's just been in the worst possible situation with, I mean, the, you know, the, the coaching there, I think, in New York has been a problem. Um, you know, the, the mono thing last year was just a bad, you know, bad luck. He came into the league super, super young, um, you know, younger than your average rookie quarterback. and He's still only, what, like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like he's, he almost might be a player that, goes like has later career success you know is a player that struggles early in his career the talent is clearly there i mean his ability to make improvisational plays after plays break down really stands out even though he has had struggles i feel like he's a guy that you know either either the coach is going to have to go or sam darnold is have to is going to have to go to a different place uh to really find that groove and 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 make good on, on what was you know he he came into the league with a very promising resume. I almost like, does it remind you maybe of, uh, you just said later success, maybe Ryan Tannehill? Well, Ryan Tannehill's yeah. been a pretty decent quarterback in his own right and was really good to end the season. Is that, that you just said, yeah, that kind of is what he reminds you of? Yeah, I mean, Rich Gannon is another guy that, that comes Ooh, yeah. to mind. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold's talent is not in question. It's just the situation around him has been abysmal from the offensive line to the receivers to the coaching. How long is Mitch Trubisky going to last as the starting quarterback in, in Chicago? Um, I don't know. It depends on what time zone, but one uh, thirty. Oh, on, come uh, on. On, on Sunday. Evan, come <laughs> on. You know I love that young man. Okay, what would you do for him? If it were up to you, how would you, how would you bring Mitchell along there? No, he actually has had success. He's had way more success against the Lions than any other team in the NFL, uh, he's three and one against them since Matt Patricia took over as head coach. He's completed like eighty percent of his passes with nine touchdowns and one interception against Matt Patricia's Lions. Um, the, the the Bears management wants Mitchell Trubisky to succeed because it's still holding out hope that he can make good on the draft pick that they draft picks that they spent on him. Uh, but I think that that coaching staff with Matt Nagy and and Bill Lazor and John G. Filippo, all on that staff that have history with Nick Foles, uh, I think that they're going to want to go to Nick Foles sooner rather than later. But uh, he can come out and have a, have a good good first game. I mean, that, that's what he's done historically against the Lions. It just makes me feel so terrible. I want him to do well, and I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah. And I think he does have some talent, but for whatever reason, yeah, it just seems to be a waiting period of like, okay, you'll get week one. We'll see what happens in week two. That's oh, exactly. Gosh. You make me feel terrible. All right, check out the website, establishtherun.com. 
Evan Silva, one of the curators of it. I think that might be the right word. Whatever, you're an administrator. That's fine. Find him on Twitter at Evan Silva. He's one of my favorite follows, even though we frequently disagree about things. But Evan's a lot <laughs> smarter than me. Evan, thank you for the time, buddy. All the best. Thanks, Ken. All right, buddy. Later. The great Evan Silva. EstablishTheRun.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at Evan Silva. And we've gone around and around about Josh Gordon, about other ones, even about Kyler Murray. Where yeah, I'll even admit, and it's difficult because people are picking Arizona to do big things this year. I still think that's a that's a very tough division. The Rams are still going to have some talent there. Jared Goff has to get up off his ass a little bit, but they were still a 9-7 and seven football team. The Seahawks are really, really good. San Francisco isn't going anywhere. But, yeah, you know what? They, they saw an opportunity, and they seized it. It wasn't like what Jacksonville did, and here they are again trying to pick up the pieces years later. Up next, we'll go over some of these running backs because – I think the whole thought of best player available is awful. And some thoughts on Steve Nash. Next, it's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.